The Flywheel Podcast. The Flywheel Podcast. Buckle up and get ready to set your life in motion. Hosted by Mike and Justin. All right. Welcome to the show, everyone. This is Mike and Justin here again. Today, we are going to be talking to Sondren to better understand Turo and whether or not this is something you can actually make money with as passive income. Uh, if you haven't heard about Turo yet, they are a car sharing marketplace that allows you to lend or rent your car temporarily or permanently. Um, and so maybe this is timely. Since the pandemic started, maybe many of you have temporarily or permanently changed your driving habits. Maybe that will continue. Maybe it won't. And so I'm excited to learn a lot more about this topic, see if it's something that's viable for people to look into. And so with that, I think we'll jump right into it with an introduction about yourself, Sandra. Cool. Thanks for having me, guys. Um, so my name is Sondran, um, channel Canadian rider. So really focused on everything, cars, motorcycles, um, you name it. Um, started with a passion for car detailing and that ended up in automotive and motorcycles and all this stuff. So I share that journey. Um, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe for a lot of great content coming up, including with the guys here at the Flywheel. Um, but yeah, I saw the pandemic uh, happen and realized that I wasn't driving any of my cars and it was just like, okay, they're just sitting there. I love them. I'm literally not going anywhere with them. And people are now picking up even more kind of gig work uh, with the rise of the gig economy. And it was just like, wait, I have an asset here that now, crazily enough, is appreciating. All of these cars are appreciating assets now in today's crazy market. And I thought, let's make some money from it. It's just sitting there. Let it go. Make me some money. And uh, yeah, we started trying it out, uh, ended up using it quite a bunch on my 2009 Lexus IS uh, 250, and that has over 350,000 kilometers. And I thought, let's give it a shot. Let's try to earn some money. We did that for a while. And yeah, happy to answer questions and talk about it. It was a pretty cool experience. Um, lots of positives, lots of you know smoky negatives, which I'll talk about. Yeah. Well, that's uh, thank you for that intro, Sondren. Um, I guess you, know, you kind of went into a little bit detail already about some aspects of Turo, but I feel like let's ask, ask the obvious question. What is Turo for our uh, listeners today? Yeah. So Turo is essentially an app where you can go ahead and rent out your car to somebody that's you know on vacation. Maybe they need a car for a couple of days um, and you essentially become the rental agency um, on the market. And people can just like Uber, they can go on their phone, look for a car, request it from you, look at reviews, and they simply come to your house or wherever your car is, pick it up, you leave them the keys and they're off and away. Um, so pretty cool. Uh, a lot of people now have are looking for opportunities to make more money. And a lot of people just have those cars and those assets just sitting there. And a lot of people are turning to Turo to help monetize and bring an additional income. So you've used it. How long ago or how long have you used it for? Um, and you said, give us a little detail about the car or cars you've used it for. Have you only used it for your one car? Yeah. So okay. I only used it for the Lexus. 2009, 350,000 kilometers. It's at the bottom of its depreciation curve. Seasoned vet. Se seasoned vet. Reliable. Wow. I love that thing. People on the channel know I absolutely love that car. You know, the other car I have is the 2008 Audi R8. And <laughs> I'm not going to be putting that on Turo. No. So as an example, I think it was the fifth time I had it rented out on Turo you know, I came back and I thought the car it was a complete hot box. It was so smelly and stinky, full of the good stuff. Really? Um, so you get those surprises, obviously, with different people taking your car. Um, but yeah, just the the Lexus. 
Are are there not rules or guidelines for the the users of your Turo vehicle? Like, is there not a in somewhere in the contract where like you can't smoke in the car? Yeah, so there are. There's a lot of rules, by the way, and Turo continues to add a lot of rules, not just for the host, but for the people taking the cars out. Mm-hmm. Um, but Turo, everything is centered around protecting the people renting the cars, not necessarily. Sorry that are renting the cars, not necessarily the host of the cars. Really? So for example, yes, there are rules around don't smoke in the car, you know, don't hotbox it, don't smoke cigarettes. Of course there are rules. Do people follow the rules in life? No, Mm, no, not always. So, and the repercussion is very little for them. And quite honestly, we we don't get much. So let's say somebody came in and smoked a whole lot of cigarettes in the car. Mm -hmm. Turo would only reimburse you. This was as of a month ago, and Turo changes their policies all the time, $125. That's it. Which I think even to get, there's like a machine that you can get put into the car to try and clear that smell. Yes. It's like not even, that doesn't even cover like half of it. No, not even close. And people could put cigarette butts on your, you know, the upholstery in the car and burn things. And that costs way more than that. So it's really. Well, we're off to a good start right now. You're really (laughs) selling me on Turo. (laughs) Okay, Okay, let's backtrack. Okay. Generally. Is it safe? Yes. Generally, Turo is safe. There's a lot of reasons why. So number one, they you know make sure that you have a license, make sure that you're insured. So every car on Turo is insured by Turo themselves. Okay. But also, they take 30% of the cut to make sure that they're covering the insurance. So as soon as you get on Turo, a lot of people ask this question, do you need insurance? No, you don't need anything. They set all that up for you. In like. The- you need your own insurance and this stacks on top or you don't need, you could be off of using your motor motor vehicle and you could be off of using your motor vehicle. Their insurance covers those trips that are used on Turo. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And can you use this? So you own your Lexus, but could you use this with a car that's still financed or leased? Financed maybe, but leased, there might be rules around that. I'm not hundred percent sure, but I would assume there'd be rules to use it for commercial use on a lease like that, unless you got it for commercial use. Yeah, I, f- I feel like there's got to be something in the fine print of the contract when you lease a car that now they've probably thrown in, like, you cannot use this on Turo. I, yeah. I would imagine. I, that's something to look into, actually. That's yeah, a good question. Definitely look into it. Okay, so use it with your 2009 Lexus. Um, obviously, your car is still in great shape. You look after your cars. How often does that car get rented so i had it up there for a month and a half and i couldn't believe the demand we had for that car and the lexus hold on when was this just so we understand like was the demand related to anything uh so this was about three four months ago so still in the middle of like lockdown still in the middle of lockdown like everything's completely locked down right and we put it up there coming close to winter right where maybe travel isn't as much and people are not traveling around so much Demand was crazy. People were, I put up the car, put up some pictures, instantly booked. Um, next time it comes, it was literally just like a, uh, a revolving door of customers going in for the first month and a half, and they would book it for quite a long time. And the other interesting thing was, is there are a lot of cars on Turo. Mm-hmm. Not everyone says, I want to drive a 350,000 kilometer Lexus IS 250. Yeah. It's not the first car most people think they want to drive on a Turo, but it was you know selling so so out of a 30-day window because you said you had it up for just over a month uh, out of 30 days month and a half out of a month and a half how many days did it get rented out 
Of the entire month, it was probably rented for 21 or 22 days. No way. Wow. And and that and that's only because we needed a car at times. Yeah. So my wife was very upset when our only daily driver was not available to be used to go to the grocery store. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I didn't have the R8 um, at the time, so we couldn't go anywhere. So we needed the car for a few days at minimum. We could have rented it out the entire month. And in that time, I made, what, $846 Canadian. Okay. Interesting. That's um, so. That's I guess leading into my next and question. And that's cheap because I priced cheaper because uh, of the kilometers and. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Is like, how did you go about setting the price point for your vehicle? Is there like, does Turo give you recommendations based on the year mileage spec of your car? Because yeah, I'll get into some other questions, but let's start there. Yes, they do. So they actually have a. You put in all your car details. They have a calculator of what the market value rent is worth for your car. Even with that, you know, I also, now this is something I did uniquely, Turo won't actually legally allow you to put a car up there if it has more than 200,000 kilometers. So Hmm. my car had 350,000 kilometers and I just put it up there and said it has under. They didn't actually verify that. They don't verify it at all, interestingly. Hopefully it didn't just absolutely ruin your chances. Uh, but, I, <laughs> but I imagine that's something due to reliability. And like yeah, you exactly. have a 350,000 kilometer car that's probably in better condition than most people's 60,000 kilometers. Exactly. Cars. Actually, one of my reviews stated, I can't believe the car has 350,000 kilometers. I'm like, yes, because really? of that Lexus quality. <laughs> um, I guess this is my, my next question is... From what you've seen, do you think people are using this more so than just like a rental aspect, but like for a car enthusiast, you're a car enthusiast yourself, are there access to nicer vehicles where it's like, you know what, I've never driven an American muscle car before, let's give it a go for a weekend and it costs me $300 or whatever it may be, right? Um, Do you think that's partially a market on Turo? 100%. Like that's what I use Turo for now. Like if I'm going to a new place, I just came back from uh, Calgary. The first thing I did was I went on Turo to look for some exotic or maybe different cars that I want to drive that I haven't been able to drive. Yeah. Even just for your purchase options in the future, right? Exactly. Like tons of nice luxury cars are on Turo, you know, besides all the Teslas, if you, if you want to drive a Tesla and feel what that experience is like, um, or if you want to go ahead and get, I've seen Maseratis, I've seen, uh, Bentleys I've seen, you know, obviously you're going to pay a lot of money for them per yeah, day, yeah. but the option is there for you. If you want to go ahead and get that experience. Yeah. Um, what, it's all there. What, uh, if you don't mind me asking what, like how much per day does your car rent out for? I believe it was exactly. So it was, it depends on which day and if yeah. it was on a weekend and it would also depend on if they booked multiple days, they would get a discount. Yeah, like much like Airbnb. But the Airbnb. range was $48 per day up to $72 per day for my Lexus, which is on the low end because oh, I had okay. to price competitively because of the age and kilometers of the car. When you still think about that in terms of like in comparison to like Enterprise Rent-A-Car, rent for example, like I feel like that's still a reasonable amount, right? Like I, you're not usually getting into a Lexus. Is it IS250 or three? IS250. You're not usually getting into one of those uh, enterprise. It's usually like very basic, like yeah. Fords, Toyotas, you know, you get the odd, like nicer car, but then usually those, you know, you got to spend the house to get those. Right. Um, For like a more exotic car that you just talked about, like, let's say I was looking to get into a Maserati for the day to like, you know, I've never driven a Maserati. I want to get in one and see what it's like, see what all the hype's about. How much do those roughly go for? Yeah. So actually I just 
came back from that trip to Alberta. And so to get a Tesla Model 3 performance, for example, was $500 for three days. That's actually really That's good, not bad, right? For and a Tesla I- Model 3 high performance and a Maserati that I was looking at, uh, I believe it was $742. Wow. For three days. That's not bad. Like question on that though. When you rent as a renter, so you've participated on both sides actually, which is which is good. So as a renter, when you rent from Turo, I obviously a lot of people have insurances built into their credit card when you go rent through like enterprise or something. But you know, especially when you're in another country. It's always the, oh, but yeah, some aspects don't apply in our country. We recommend this add-on insurance. Right. Are you like fully covered as a driver with Turo under the platform? Fully covered. So that's an all-in price, which is actually... It's all-in price, fully covered. If you take that car, God forbid, and it goes in a lake or something, you're covered. It would, but... It sucks for I, the owner. I, I, I guess I, I wonder about <laughs> this. Say I were to rent a Turo car. Yep. In... By horrible chance, I totaled it. Would that would that take a hit on my personal insurance? Would as it well? take a hit on your personal insurance? This is a little bit sidetracked, but I'm actually just curious. Like, do like do you think that would impact your personal insurance? Probably because it still goes under your it, driving it must. record. It must. still be on your record. Yeah. yeah. You know what? Um, I'm not 100 percent sure of that because the insurance is commercial insurance to protect against that. That's, think about it. If you're a driver. Um, you know what? That's a good question. We yeah. should follow up. Uh, that, maybe that's something, you know, if anyone who is listening to this or sees our, you know, social posts, comment if you know the answer to this. Because like... I'm actually going to Google it. Yeah, we'll be right looking, now. Look at Look at it real time. We'll talk about it. And so I think you've done it. Um, as you're looking that up, I think what would be super interesting to talk about is maybe a bit about the whole process, actually. Like, how does it actually work from your end, from everything from what happens when the car comes back from a renter to what you actually have to do or should do before the next renter, how long between renters, how do you transfer the keys, what are your options? Um, so talk us through like today I'll, I'll from, take a, from sign up on the website kind of thing. I'll take a look at that question, by the way. Cool. So more, you cool. Answer, don't worry. And so to get it set up and everything, it, it's not too bad because number one, they have to come back with the car full gas. Okay, so gas is taken care of. Um, If you have premium, you let them know. Do you have to rent it out full gas? You don't have to rent it out full gas. You just have to mark what gas was in the tank when you give it so that they can fill it back up to the same level. Got it, got it. So same as a rental car. Same as a rental car. So yeah, they would come. I would have them actually get access to a box where they can just put in a key code and get the keys in a box outside. They would take it. They would go, they would have all the instructions through the app. So I wouldn't even need to really communicate with them. The only thing we would need to do at the beginning is take pictures around the car for the insurance coverage. And you would import that into the app. And as well, you need to make sure the car is clean. So what I, it's part of the Turo rules where they have to return the car in a not hundred percent clean shape, but it should be in a respectable shape. And if that's true, it literally takes me five minutes to just very quickly clean the car Hundred percent, and then leave it for the next person. So the lockbox that you had, you do they take the photos themselves? Like, can it be completely contactless? Where you leave the key and the key, they take the photos themselves. They take the photos when they return it. They drop the key. You can be completely contactless. It can be completely contactless. Yeah, because this was happening during COVID, and that was yeah. the biggest concern, right? So 
they had all these rules around obviously hygiene of the car, cleaning of the car, et cetera, and plus the you know the contactless uh, rental. Got it. Um, and so you were also cleaning you detail so you were yep. cleaning it between Correct. but otherwise you should probably get it properly cleaned in between is there anything special you have to do like what were the rules yeah so there were specific rules with covid around sterilizing all of the you know high touch surfaces of course you had to take a course through turo as well multiple choice questions etc and then you know, you want to make sure the experience is good when someone goes into your car it better be clean otherwise they're going to dock you for reviews yeah, so as a, a host you you're incentivized to make sure the car is clean. Otherwise, they're going to be upset. And if you have an upset customer, what are they going to do with your personal car being upset, right? Yeah. It's kind of like, do you want to upset the person making you your food? I don't ever want to make you know make my restaurant upset about me. No. So no chance. Know. No chance. Nope. I don't want to. And if they have your baby, you know, and that's a question I always get, like Canadian rider, Sondran, would you rent out your R8? And I say... No, I can't do that. For my Lexus, my workhorse, which I still love, sure, I gave it a shot. Yeah. But even then, you know, the reason I stopped after a month and a half was just because, um, quite honestly, even with one car, it was always on your mind. Like, is it going to come back in one piece? Is it going to come back with absolute brutal curb rash? And that's what, like, and I'm a car enthusiast, right? Yeah. And I care about my car, even if it's my workhorse. I care about my oh, car. It's cringe. It's like, What's happening to it right now? I have no idea. Like, what's going on? Is it going to come back with all of these things that you talked about, right? Not only that was a concern, but then it was always the, because I only had one car, and this is just a me point. I only had one daily driver. So right. not having access to the car when I needed it for whatever was kind of a pain. If you have multiple cars, God bless, then you're okay. Yeah. But for me at the time, it was like, ugh. It just added that. So it was those two kind of things. Yeah, I, I think that's where it's a little different for you. Like, if you had the extra car. So say Shab had a car and you guys don't need access to it at any moment. That's where it's like, okay, let's just keep running with it. Right. And especially if it's a car that like you're not, phys you're like, you're sentimentally attached to this Lexus for whatever reason. Uh, the high mileage, whether it be the paint code. He really wants those blown out tires. Yeah. Yes. Just something sick and twisted about your love for that Lexus. I can understand, you know, why you've, you know, decided to opt out. But obviously we're here to talk about why Tiro can be good. Can you make money? Is it worth it? But so just to clarify for our listeners, I did look into that question we had. So hypothetically, I rent Sondran's Lexus and I total it. Um, this is what it says here. And I may be wrong in what I pulled out here, but it says if guests have their own personal automobile policy, depending on the various factors such as applicable laws, where they book their vehicle, and or where the accident or damages to the vehicle occur, the guest's policy may be considered primary in the event of the of a claim. So I think Interesting. it's... It depends. I think it's very like, what if if I'm going with the... That's sort of the same as if you rent a car through Enterprise, though. You, like yeah. your own policy, you have to have a policy. Yeah, you still hold some liability. So what's the point of insurance then for these companies? It's... Yeah. I think it's, it's on top of, of, right? It's, it's on top of. To, to be honest, I, I think it's more so in a sense of like minor dings that like weren't your fault, right? Like say you were at, you parked it somewhere right. and it got smacked. Right. You can't, you can't do anything about that. So why do you take the hit? So that's why they have it. Right, right, right. But yeah, that's just a little bit of clarity on that one question. So just don't go totaling cars on Turo guys. Yeah. And so then I, you can make pretty good money, like $800, uh, uh, 
you know, a month extra income for your car that was just sitting there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I want to dive into the economics of this. Justin, if, if you can, since you got your computer up, mm-hmm. could you look into seeing if you can do it if the car is leased or financed owned mm. owned obviously it's like you own it so leased right. or financed i'm curious about that because I, I would suspect a great majority of the people listening who may be not using their car also might be on a lease so uh, yep. or financed right and yep. so i'm sure someone has the question but talk about the economics so you said it it was about 800 and something dollars that's after a 30 percent cut from Turo. that's after the 30 percent cut what would you say you're like pretty good at uh who's breathing into the mic it's Sandra and he's getting really oh, excited man, the guys is so excited i'm pumped up for this question that's yeah, coming it's a good question <laughs> man i'm so excited i was like who, who's breathing um okay so 800 and something dollars out of 20 days like what are the costs and you say i want to be pretty hands-off I don't want to be detailing my own car. I don't have all of the tools you have. I don't have the expertise you have. I don't, I can't do it as efficiently. I guess the costs are cleaning. What else is there and what could the economics look like? Knowing that your car is probably at the lower cost of rental as well. So like, and then we'll probably talk about how often cars rent in different pricing levels. But let's talk about the economics. Yeah, for sure. And I think uh, the economics really depends on what segment of the market you're looking to make your business from or your money from. Um, And I talked about this previously as well. But essentially, for my segment, which was the the discount car segment, would you call it, um, you need to think about the costs that maybe aren't the direct cost. So yes, if you have someone cleaning your car, maybe it's like 50 or 60 bucks for a light cleaning each time a guest comes, which, you know, that'll add up if my budget or my revenue was $800, let's say that was over six. So that's $300, right? Of just cleaning. So if you're not doing it yourself on the low end segment, there goes a bunch of your margin right off the bat. Gas, you don't need to worry about. Then the other thing is all of the other costs are not direct costs. They're all indirect costs. So cost of depreciation of the car, right? Based on the amount of wear that it's experiencing and the kilometers that are being tacked on. The costs of uh, all of your consumables of the car that's not being accounted for, right? Oil change times, brake pads, tires, all of this other stuff, right? The other cost is your insurance cost. You're still going to have your insurance cost, right? And that's going to continue if you were thinking about you know, maybe this car wasn't being used at all and selling it. You have to think that's okay. That's a cost. So you got to bake all those costs in. So it's, you can somewhat, and when I costed this out personally for my Lexus, and I, I did the math, um, essentially of that $800 that I would have for revenue, I would have about, because I'm doing the detailing by myself, I've had about $252 of expense, mm-hmm. right? $252 of expense from that 800 and something dollars so of like revenue. So like for you... It, it's not totally passive and you've got probably the discount segment. You are saying that you can generally make about $550 a month while still using the car somewhat. Yes. And, uh, and, and that's, that's with you cleaning it yourself. If you had someone else do that, you want to be totally hands off, fully passive, add another 300. You can still make 250, $300 a month entirely passively off a 2009 is 250 yes yes and to add like you said you were lower price you purposely priced it lower so i i think 
you know, people are definitely willing to pay more than what you were asking for. And the average, actually, when I was looking at a bunch of cars, you know, I see the average at 62 to $84 a day on some, some of these cars that are newer. And definitely a lot of money can be made. Like $500, $800 of cash flow coming in, especially if you just did it yourself. Or maybe you get a, you know, contract with a detailing company to go ahead and do a bulk. I, I know people personally that have six, seven, eight of these cars in a fleet and they actually target the upmarket segment. And so that's a different conversation about how money can be made. Um, as you go upmarket, you charge the premium, obviously, for the prices. But yes, you have to think about different costs now, higher depreciation costs, Yeah, um, all well, of these I, other I things. I want to talk about upmarket as a whole piece because yeah. I actually almost want to like, let's play out a scenario on here that even is like actually spitting in my head right now. Do you have a, the answer on the lease thing? Yeah. So, oh, sorry about that. Um, you can rent out your leased vehicle on Turo granted and like i think we kind of touched on this granted it doesn't violate any terms on your lease agreement so this is where i'd actually wonder if now on like more recent lease agreements they're starting to, to bake in that you can't do that it'd be tricky like think how many people from what i've been reading on on again reddit and different forums it seems that like there's actually people out there who who lease their whole fleet on turo and they're just they that's how they're running their business. Yeah, like there's still risk to that. Risk, but no upfront capital cost. Yeah. No upfront major capital cost. Yep. Pretty pretty cool actually when you think about it. If you're willing to take that risk. Yeah. So that that's interesting. And so good answer on the lease. Uh obviously then finance would totally be fine. Yeah. Uh owned is totally fine. Out of ten, and then I actually want to dive into like some scenarios. So it's profitable. We've answered that. It's profitable. Passively, moderately, De decently pro passively. moderately profitable, passive, passively. Yeah. If you're willing to put in a little bit of like effort to cleaning, pretty decently profitable. Even on like the lowest tier, if you can make $550 a month, $6,000, $7,000 a year with... Uh, actually, that's a good point. How many times did you have to clean it? For that eight hundred dollars, uh, five of the eight times that it was out, it, I had to clean it. Okay. Other times, it, like some people returned it in good condition. Uh, Another say, family returned it in terrible condition. Yeah, I feel like that varies from driver to driver, and I, I think that'll get better too. Like, can you? You can obviously, like, much like Airbnb, Airbnb, you can rate the driver. Correct. So you can actually find out their rating before you even accept the yeah. trip with them. Ah, uh, okay. So yeah. So huge. you actually, there's a mutual exchange before you decide to rent it to someone. You can kind of like do a bit of a check on them. Correct. Uh, yeah. So it's just like Airbnb in that sense. You can, you yeah. can request a booking, but you have to request it. They have to accept your booking before you get it. Exactly. And you have their license. You have all their information, their reviews, their history, everything there. So as a host, it's easy for me to say, and, okay. And everyone picked it up from your house, which is actually interesting yeah. to me. I would have inherently thought that locations close to an airport or close to downtown core would have been like where you really get a lot of volume from Turo. But you live in the suburbs of Toronto, Oakville, and you still had a lot of volume. And people came to your house, which is pretty interesting. Yeah. Half the people were tourists. Half the people were locals. Do they taxi to your house? That, uh, some people get taxi to or the like house. An, or like Uber to your some house. Some people to pick Uber up to the house. Dropped uh, off by a friend. Dropped off by a friend. <laughs> Literally spent, everything. They spent $80 on Uber to get there to rent for $45 a day. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, and they would come every different which way. And it was pretty cool. And half of it was locals. They needed to go to Niagara Falls. They needed an extra car. 
right? Mm-hmm. Family came from overseas. They need an extra car. Yeah. Their car broke down. They need something for a road trip. Interesting. That's okay. Lots so, of those cases. So I'm going to do two things. Justin, uh, could you bring up the Turo website? Mm-hmm. And well, I'll get to why in a second. But like, let's bring up in our general area new Corvettes C8s as a point because I'm going to want to like talk like some real numbers on something in a second. I'm going to play a scenario. We're going to talk about the scenario and whether we actually go in on the scenario. But Sonny, let's do it. Okay. As a customer or as a host, which experience is better generally? Generally, the experience of the customer is better because Turo puts a lot of their focus on making that customer experience as good as they can humanly do that. Got it. So, uh, and it's available in Canada, the US. Is it available overseas in Europe? Yes. Okay. So if you're traveling, which hopefully more and more people will start to be able to do soon. I hope. Um, if you're traveling, consider renting a Turo. That's that's the first thing I do. Everywhere I go, we just came back from Alberta. I went on Turo to see what my options are. I'd rather do that because I actually get a car that I, as an enthusiast, as a car lover, I can go ahead and look to enjoy versus I go to you know Expedia or rent a but car and it possibly they give me a random would have been, one. It possibly would have been cheaper though too, right? Oh, absolutely. It's cheaper. So not only is it cheaper, you have better selection. And quite honestly, I think a lot of people use Turo because the process is easier. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you just pick it seamless. Are there any at the airports or you still have to go get yeah. to them? Yes, you still okay. have to get to them. Yeah, yeah. Some people on Turo have them strategically placed at airports yeah, that the, you can pick up. In the airport parking lot. Correct. Yeah, that, that guy I told you about, uh, you know, shout out to him if you ever heard this for whatever reason on TikTok. His name's Denver BMW. He works at like the Toronto BMW. He he drops his off at the airports. Interesting. Let's, yeah. We'll link him. That's that's an interesting yep. story. Yeah. Um, so okay. I pulled uh, it up. Hold on. Before we go into that... Mm. So you would definitely recommend renting from Turo if you're traveling as an enthusiast and because it's economical. And even as a regular consumer. Exactly. Like yep. it's, it just flat out makes sense. Flat out. As, as a host. Is it a host? What's it, what's it called? Yeah. You're a host. Okay. As a host, uh, rate your experience out of 10 and whether you would do it again. You're not doing it anymore though. I'm not doing it anymore. For a few personal reasons. Okay, One, okay. Uh, yeah. Those aside, those would aside. you still be doing it? Yes, I would. Because the car is just sitting there. Yeah. Me and my wife are working from home now. And the car is just literally sitting there. Yeah. And I'm okay. a person that likes to capitalize on any investments that I have to make me money. So you would do it? I would do it. Okay. So now let's talk like a real scenario. There's a friend of ours. Hopefully, he'll listen to this podcast and know that we're talking about him. Then he'll be a um, real friend. Yeah, he, he's a real friend. We're t- so, there's someone we know closely uh, that has an allocation for a 2022 or 2023 C8 Corvette. Mm, Lucky man. Tasty. Lucky. He's likely not going to take it. Just circumstances have changed. And so, obviously, that would mean someone could take it. Someone will probably pay more for it. Yeah. But say we wanted to pay cost on it. Uh, I don't even know. I don't I don't think you can lease a C8 Corvette. You'd have to buy it, I think. But generally, the economics of a C8 Corvette are pretty favorable. Like, 
tires aren't like your R8. Yeah, they're exotic tires, but better on tires, better on brakes, better better on overall maintenance, right? Like if Parts I, way you, cheaper because they're deep, American. You're, you're way deeper in this. But like yeah. generally the economics and wear and tear of a North American car, even the C8, are, are pretty favorable. Way favorable compared to any German counterpart. Absolutely. Okay. So now we're going to go real. Justin, mm-hmm. do you have a 2022 or 20? Do you have a C8 Corvette that you found on Turo? I don't have a C8. Give me a C8. Okay, okay. Well, I have I have C7s here. Okay, but uh, but you do, do do C8. Let's do a C8. Okay. I'm actually curious. So, if you wanted to, maybe you're not opening a rental company, but maybe you wanted to rent it out to some friends and family, use it yourself. But hypothetical scenario, you and I both love cars. We both have exotic cars. Justin has a great car too. We would probably all love to drive occasionally a C8 Corvette. Yeah. I'd love that. If we could drive a C8 Corvette, the three of us, and not lose money, including depreciation. Mm. So if we could make enough money that we were paying all costs, outriding depreciation on what we were making it, that could make sense. Like that could be fun because you can still sell it, right? Like at the end, you can still sell this thing. Um, I guess theoretically it's a, it's a business, so there's expenses against it. So that's that's okay. C8 Corvette, hundred thousand, roughly. Yeah, let's say a hundred thousand. Yeah, a hundred thousand. Uh, it depreciates. Okay, COVID's been really whack on the market. Yeah, but okay, uh, yeah. in a normal time, it's still going to depreciate ten a year. Ten percent? No, ten thousand a year. I don't know about that. I think it. I think it. It varies. It, it varies. varies. Honestly, it's so hard to even what talk is, about depreciation anymore because the entire for the last three we, years we need we need up. we need a hypothetical number like in a in a non me, messed me up market up. average depreciation a, of before years. COVID happened the depreciation probably would have been twenty percent after two years is my guess. Okay, so after two years, say you lose twenty thousand dollars on a C eight. Best case, uh, depending on because we're going to be racking up the kilometers on it. Right. Uh, okay. Actually, yeah. How how many kilometers was the average trip? You know what? Very high. So the other thing really? that I haven't even mentioned yet is really? the fact that lots of cars on Turo actually have kilometer limits that you need to stick within. Yeah. You set those. I was gonna ask. I just said, listen, this thing's a beast. You can't kill it. <laughs> Unlimited <laughs> kilometers on mine, which is why so many people actually booked it too for road trips. I know we're getting off topic right now, but the longest trip was eight hundred nine kilometers. Wow. wow. That's like to. Auto one back. Yeah. They could have gone like North, like Algonquin. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So they abused it. Oh. oh. Well, wow. if it was Maybe in the criteria. Not. Yeah. They just went it, for a long road yeah, trip. Yeah. Was that one of the ones that returned in really good condition? No. This was. Okay. This was <laughs> they the, abused it. Yeah. yeah. This was the family that, yeah, it was, it came back terrible. Okay. Like the inside was mangled. What, what did you find, Justin? Yeah. What did you find? Um. So just so we can go off real numbers here. End of the first year your car, everyone knows the first year your car depreciates the hardest. So it's between 20 and 30%. Close. From years two to six, depreciation ranges between 15 and 18%. We're working with $100,000. So. And, and a car that's fairly rare still. It's still it's still an allocation car. So that helps you a little bit here. So right. if you have yeah. an allocation, it'll be on the lower get, end. Like, they're not widespread available. So regardless, having a car that is allocation-based is going to hold. But let's say it's 20%. Let's talk bad scenarios because I think any of us, yeah. if we're going to embark on this... Mm-hmm. 
want to do so because it's going to be a better case scenario. Plan for the worst, expect yeah. the best. So let's say we lose $10,000 a year on depreciation. Um, did you find a C8 yeah, for rent? Yeah, C8s here. Okay. Yeah. What do they rent for? So it varies here. Give um, us like the highest one and the lowest one you can find. So I, I set here where I'm getting it for 24 hours. So I would get it on the 26th at 10 a.m. And I would have it till the 27th at 10 a.m. How much? Um. So there's, should I go with like a mid one? Because there's like, it honestly, very, give, give us the low. Very, let's work absolute give us the low. garbage conservative scenario. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Conservative. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And then it's um, all upside. The lowest that I'm seeing here thus far for a C8 is 592 for that day, which is actually this kind of kind of bad. We're talking about this because it's cool to know that I can go and try this car for that amount. Obviously, I'm not rolling in the dough, but say I want to try like less aggressive cars. This is actually okay. So six hundred dollars a day. So as long as you're renting this thing out. Four times a month? It pays for itself. Yeah, four times a month it More. pays for itself. Okay, actually, sorry, that's the bad that's a bad that's bad math. That's bad math. But no no. We're not driving in the winter. Correct. So that's we live it. in Canada. We Can- live in Canada. Six months a year? Let let's let's redial the math. So we gotta we're we're writing down a ten thousand dollar a ten thousand dollar loss plus somewhere in tear. So let's say our annual costs, let's roll it up, 15000 just for, for number's sake. I agree. So we need to recoup $15,000 in six months. Six months driving. It extends a little, but generally six months is when people are looking at a car like this, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. So we're talking needing to make about $2,200 a month. That can be done in literally five trips. And based on the math Justin just said, four, let's talk about maybe the somewhere in tear. So five, as long as you can rent it for five days a month, six months a year, you break even on a C8 Corvette. That's that's crazy. That's really good. Not including insurance. We still got, we still got insurance. So, and, sorry, and add an extra trip ideas. and you got insurance covered. Yeah. Yeah, you could you could wait, literally you break, decide wait, just do it the entire month, wait, and then you have the rest of the summer. You just said you broke even in, in how long? Oh, actually, no. Sorry, sorry, sorry. We're not accounting for thirty percent, right? No, yeah. no, no, no. No that 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 number that includes doesn't the fee. that includes the everything. Yeah, you don't need to worry about that. Uh, no, no, no. But but the, what's the number there? It was five ninety two. So of that, th- the Turo gets 30% of that. Correct. Yeah, okay, yeah. So, so five, we're still talking worst case scenario. Yeah, we're still talking so, worst case scenario. So yeah. so you make about, call, it's 414, call it $400. So we make $400 per rental. Worst case scenario. Worst worst case scenario, uh, which means we need to make about $2,500 a month. And we're saying about $400 per. So we need to rent it about six to seven days a month. A month? That's a, ha, that how, many seem... rent, how many times have those been rented out? Like it, it Are seven days see? a month doesn't seem insane. How would we know how many times it's been rented out? Reviews, probably. Right? Reviews, and most people are not renting for one day. <laughs> and are, but are most people reviewing? Like, will the reviews be a good indicator? Most, no. It's I'd say the same amount of people review for anything. You're gonna get some sort of conversion on that conversion rate. Yeah. Well, this guy's got a whopping one review. Yeah. So. 
And he probably also a new, new on yeah, there, new yeah. profile. I'll whatever. look at some other ones. Yeah, like what? Look up some oh, other ones. Well, it's, Typically, it's, it's they're says, weekend rented. It actually says here how many trips. Okay. Oh yeah. Nice. So um, the other C8, it's granted it's more expensive, but it has 15 trips. At uh, so I picked a weekend, so it's probably peak price. So let's say so this one it says 17.20 for that. His average price is probably around like we'll, we'll just go on the lower end like 1300 for. That's like double the other one though. Yeah, no, I, but I'm yeah. saying like on say non weekend, maybe we'll go as low as thirteen hundred to be modest about it. So times that by fifteen. Okay, so generally, if we averaged That's... if we averaged four to six trips a month, six months a year, on the average price of a C eight, we would be breaking even to making money to own a C eight. That's pretty crazy. Pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Is that going to make you put the R8 up there or what? No, it's not. But that's different. That's like, that's, that's different. A sentimental that's my car. wife. I'm yeah. kidding. That's a sentimental car. Yes. But this, this would purely be a business decision yeah. that allows us to enjoy a hobby, which is, and, and this is assuming the only place that we put this car is Turo. Where, where else would you put it? Well, People, you can literally rent it up. Yeah. Like, like if we did the, the interesting thing is, Based on the economics, I would still probably drive people to Turo because like getting commercial insurance and dealing with all that might be a headache. Yeah. Mm. But could you also, actually interesting question, on Turo, can you give out a discount code? You can give out for people that have ridden with you a code that they can book your car in the future for cheaper. Like what I'm basically thinking is, Hypothetically, Ryan, hypothetically, better be watching. I'm talking about you. Hypothetically, if we bought a C8, Ryan will probably be one of he's He's going to want to join on this idea at this point. But hypothetically, if we bought a C8, we could rent it out on Turo. Friends, we know enough people that would love to try this car for a day or two. Yeah. A couple times. Yeah. And we could give it to them at a great rate as friends because we're not trying to make money wildly off them. We're trying to cover costs. Could you give them a code to like, hey, if this is for, uh, if this is not Steve. (laughs) (laughs) Steve has the opportunity to drive lots of supercars. If I was going to consider giving this to one of my friends from work and survey the group, we're good. $350 for the day. Still a great deal. $350 for the day. Could I give someone a link to book it at that price? Through Turo? Because like Turo, we have to ask the fact checker. We might have to follow up on that one. Because you know what I mean? Like I want the insurance. I don't want to buy a C8 and deal with commercial insurance. I want to buy this personally as a car for us and rent it out on Turo to recover some costs and then rent it out to friends and family at a discounted rate benefiting from the platform, the functionality, and the insurances of Turo. People are doing that. I actually had a subscriber that's doing the same thing uh, down Justin's, south in ju- the U.S. Justin's smiling because he's like, oh my God, we're going to get a C8 this summer. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm, not, smi- I'm not smiling about that at all. I'm just, I've just been looking while you guys are going on bantering it's actually crazy though like uh guys i didn't really know about turo much 
prior to you coming on and talk about this. This is why we do this, by the way. No, this, this yeah. is why this show yeah. purely exists to learn about things that I, we don't <laughs> know about. Honestly, interested in. Yeah, like we're kind of, of like we've kind of heard about in the whimsical way, but like I, I'm not an expert. I haven't even been on the tourist side prior to today. I'm going to be honest about that. I can go in here and I can jump into just for a day, just to try it out. Like, yeah, an uh, Audi RS3 2019 for three sixty one. And that's I, amazing. It, again, t- to the common person who's probably listening to our podcast, we're like, you guys are crazy. Like, do you know you can get for three sixty one? Yeah, as a it's car still a lot, but yeah, yeah it's as a car enthusiast. enthusiast. Yo, yeah. a Big Mac today costs that much money. Okay, inflation. <laughs> yeah, but this like this is why I'm like sitting here smirking. Like this is this is unreal right like in it, what can, i also see and this is where i really see the the benefit of turo is from a consumer perspective you know obviously you can go and test drive a car at a dealership but you have it for what 30 minutes that's true even right? as like a test drive like yeah, have it for it a couple days to really know if you like yeah, this car exactly you don't you don't you don't figure out if you love or hate a car peter would 30 minutes loved, at a dealership peter right? would have loved that for his van three-day trial on that van <laughs> yeah he would have you know what actually people have given feedback on liking how they could just try cars so much a company in canada called canada drives mm-hmm. um you can buy the cars online now and they actually give you the car for seven days. And if you don't like it, you, you don't like it. it. You simply th- let them know. I don't you, like and it. You, and you Goodbye. did a whole. You and did just a whole for the record, it's not a paid ad. Yeah, that's well, not a paid ad. That's that's real. It's well, kind of a paid ad. It's not a paid ad. <laughs> but but Sondern, you did that and documented the experience, right? So we, we'll link to that because that's an interesting one. If someone's looking for that trial experience, but the interesting part is Turo can be that. Yeah. So Justin's gonna get it. What is it? Is it the RS? Well, I was at? just looking at a curiosity. Like <laughs> just I, looking. No, no, I, I looked at different brands that like you're always curious, right? Like uh, full disclosure, like I'm I'm a BMW enthusiast. Some may call it a snob. I like them, but I've always been interested to you know try for longer than just hop in the passenger seat of my buddy's Audi, whatever, whatever it may be. Actually, try and drive one yourself and see what it's like. So are there. Are there manual cars on Turo? I there 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 must be. There must. Yeah, there must I, be, but probably very rare. I feel like that wouldn't be a smart business decision. No, it'd be a put, bad idea to rent yeah, your manual exactly. car. Exactly. Okay, no. that, you're really limiting who can rent your car. What what can I know he would never do it because it's his baby. I would never do it. So we'll, we'll do both of our scenarios because I think it's interesting. What can you rent? A 2008 to 2010 Audi R8. Yeah, actually, I'm curious. Uh, I, I'll take a look. It may not be on here. Honestly, I, it I don't know if it'll be on. Uh, I don't, you don't know. Think it would be on it's, there? it's not. E- oh, it is on the filter list. Let's see. It is. Let's see. Oh, there's a 2017. Only. Okay. I say only. This is like, <sighs> again, car enthusiast talk. How much 20 for that full day. And that's a 2017? 2017. V10? Uh, yeah. 2017 blacked out looks you look like an absolute boss driving in this thing down the road honestly that's, I, I, that's pretty incredible for yeah. wait what would it be through like a standard rental company it must be more than that right taken turo is the instagram era's best friend you find some girl you want to impress her seem this is like the show tin, up no the, taking this is the uh for any of the listeners who, who tinder heard swindler it, the tinder swindler's <laughs> best friend is the turo app Right? Oh yeah, for he rolls sure. up in his 2017 Audi R8. He threw that on the visa for 820 because of his enemies. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> this is amazing. Oh man. Okay. Okay. I'm confident my car well, could definitely rent for 500. What? what yeah. Can, so what can I get? Yes. GT4. 
I I I highly highly. I don't. Highly there's no on one it. that would put that up. There. No one. No. Would do that. There's no chance. Out of respect for the vehicle. Yeah. Out of respect. I'm sure Porsche would hunt them down. Yeah. Someone has to have done. They it. they would take you Someone, off all future on, allocation. No, yeah. Just pay attention. <laughs> look. Someone has to have done it. No. It's uh, there's there's very limited options in that world. But I'll take a look here. There's only two results. It's a 911 2019 Panamera and uh, Panamera. I could charge ten grand a day. No. Don't be stupid. All right. Moving on from that, we're getting too <laughs> that, caught. No, into, that was good. So it, yeah, we we actually ran the numbers. The C eight thing is interesting, so we should it's talk, feasible. We should still talk about this then. Yeah. Okay. It's 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 feasible. Um, I don't think every person will be jumping at that, but for sure. And you know, in in Ryan's case, he has the allocation. He likes cars himself. If he wants to find a way financially to justify going through with that allocation. This could be it. He could literally take that car and still, if he didn't want it, sell it for a profit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think that's the intent. No. But the intent here is. It, you're taking off the financial burden okay. of it. Play this out. If you turroed the car, would everyone at this table plus Orion pay up to $1,000 a year? To have three to four weeks of a C8 Corvette, I would think so. I would think so. Yeah, right. Like at the end of the day, like well, we're yeah. saying, let's do zero cost, make money, pay off. Yeah, we're saying like no, you're for a thousand dollars a year. Yeah, everyone at this table could own a C8 Corvette that they get for like one and a half months a year. Yeah. And by the way, this is again assuming that we're back in a world pre-COVID where there was depreciation. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a huge. That Theoretically, with chip shortages, we actually might be able to do this for two years, make okay money. Yeah. Did we just discover a way to make money? Uh, no, well, I'm just kidding. I no, like it, when we it's, discover it's ways to make it's money. It's interesting. though. We, no, the like, whole point, though, we 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 we've identified that with most cars, there's a passive income path here. There's a way to get a little bit more hands-on, still make some money. Let's start to like dial it in. Okay. Mm -hmm. Someone wants to get started. They're interested. Sondran, where do they start? How long does it take? You literally download the app. You have your license plate or your license ready. You have your plate number with you. You go ahead and register. You take some pictures of your car. You put in the details. You write a description about your ad and your car, and you're up on Turo, baby. 24 hours? Oh, my God. Less. Uh, I got everything approved and done, and I was up on Turo in literally an hour. Wow. And you said that with such authority. It was kind of nice. Um, it was quick. What let's take away from this, like what advice for someone who is looking to get started on Turo. Uh, and I want to end off with a kind of a fun note here. But what advice would you share to someone looking to get started with, to, with Turo from your own personal experience? I'd say make sure you have a proper description of your car and what you expect from your from the host or from the person that's renting your car so i put down they need to fill premium fuel the car the keys are here this is the code make sure you spell out everything that you want from the person that's renting your car so it's as easy and scalable for you as possible yeah right be very descriptive take great pictures obviously you're trying to sell your car you need good marketing take very nice pictures of your car inside and outside do all that properly and Basically, once you do all that, the, the majority of that upfront work is done and set up. And now it's just about providing good customer service. But if you're doing a no-touch piece, 
You can also send e uh, notifications automatically. So when someone books, it sends them another message with instructions automatically that you, you've preset. Mm -hmm. So really, it it automates a lot for you as much as possible just to make sure that the guest knows everything that they need to do with your car, where and when to get it, etc. So at most, what I was doing, they would say, I'm almost here. I'd say, great. They would pick it up. I would see them scoot off, and they'd say, I'm done. And they'd come back. Wow. Yeah, this is... This is cool. I'll I'll tell you that much just from speaking to you about this today. Like I'm I might be searching on Turo a little bit tonight. You could even honest. put your car on Turo just yeah. to test it. That's I think exactly that's what, what I did. I think what we've learned is none of us would put our our current. Uh, yeah, yeah. Current. But you you could if you wanted to. You could maybe Ella's for like if if it was fine with the Mercedes with that lease for how now she works from home. She didn't work from home before, so that that's you know how many kilometers we have on that. That could be interesting because you don't want to. The dealers win. Isn't that a lease, though? It really? is. So I'll have to look in the lease contract. So that's that's where I and guess how would they, they ever touch on out. that either, actually. That's where it is a little tricky with the lease is you, you have kilometers to work with. Yeah, but what I'm saying is right now we did the absolute, not the lowest, the second lowest on hers because she was driving and we wanted to use it for some of our needs. I think we did 18,000 kilometers a year. I think she's using on? like five. Wow. So there's yeah. So that's where I like, value. Would I rather give thirteen thousand kilometers to Mercedes for free, or no. would I rather make some money on that? Yeah, you should. That this is a candidate right there. That car for Turo. Yeah, underutilized asset. As as long as as long as when you read through the lease agreement, it seems. Yeah, you could. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Read through the lease agreement, but if your car, your Mercedes, is sitting there underutilized and you have capacity to utilize it. Mm -hmm. And, and, and like for context, this is like a base A220, but it's still nice. It's I think it falls into this category of uh, you of say like a, a base A220, like it's like everyone no, no, owns no. it. No, I, like, I don't, I, I, I don't. But I think what's interesting <laughs> is when I was looking on Turo the other day, what I found is there's it's similar to rental car, right? Yes, there's people that rent the base model Corolla, but I think Turo provides an option to get the base model luxury cars for yeah. a little bit more or the same, correct? Which lets you have a little bit of a more premium experience, maybe without as much overhead. So it actually is like a very interesting category yeah. in here. We talked supercar, like yeah. CA is a supercar. We talked yeah. supercar, we talked. 350,000 kilometer 2009 IS350 budget option. And right now, I think we're talking about like an interesting category of like affordable premium. luxury yeah. premium sedan. So, what you're saying is there's moderate options for the aspiring twin Tinder swindlers. Yes. We yeah. would not recommend that on this show. Instead, we'd probably recommend you find ways to make passive and active income. But if you're a Tinder swindler, I guess Toro's for you. Hey, power to you. It's like um, an MLM scheme for him. Uh, quick question here. Um, and this is just like a fun little game. Uh, what would be, what do you think you would like, if you were to go out tomorrow and buy a Turo car, like you're like, I'm buying this car for Turo and that's it. What would you pick? And I'm going to ask you the same question. What would you pick? Tesla Model S. Yeah. Plaid. The, so explain to me why, why you think that one? Well, I've been lucky enough to be driving a lot of Teslas recently, did a couple of reviews on the car and, you know, I love, I think electrification of cars is going to be the future. Uh, I think the performance of even the Tesla Model 3 long range and the dual motor that I had just blew my socks off. I I know 100% both of those cars would walk my R8 
And just 10 years ago, the R8 yeah. was considered, you know, very fast, agile car. I can't wait to experience what a Tesla Model S Plaid would feel like. I don't think I would have been in a faster car. Yeah, that's that's, that's the first thing I would look for. Is this hypothetical, or you're going to tell us what like the best like car to just go by your, your business? Okay, so uh, I would have said something like a Tesla as well because I think the logic in it for me is if you're doing this, you're either doing it for the experience or because you're traveling, and so you might do something that you have always been curious about, not sure about. So Tesla is like, I think a car. J- Tesla, but just generally electric, but Tesla has like a thing to it. They have an aura. Yeah. So you it's see sort tons of, of them. I would want to try it. If not that, then I think what you would probably get is people traveling, business users. And so you would then go to the premium category. Yeah. So I would say premium. I would say full size because I think people want the space. And I would say the lowest end of that. So like a BMW 330i. Right. Because the incremental benefit of going to the 340, the performance, I don't think people care. At that point, I think like the next best option for actively rented is the premium, the lowest end premium of a full size. I agree with you. Okay. I agree. What do you got for us, Justin? So first, I'll start off by giving you top earning cars Ooh, this will be uh, interesting. we didn't even think about this Just no. yeah, yeah. top fire? earning cars uh on turo so and the number one spot is the porsche panamera believe it or not really interesting Weird. you know what i can see that because maybe people have like there's a lot of families half the people that i had on my turo rentals were families mm-hmm. but the pa- Okay, interesting. interesting. That's the top. It's the top. Sorry, it, that was top uh, earning. Earning, earning, right? So In, best value for utilization rate. Yeah, ROI. It's best ROI. Yeah, best Annualized ROI. ROI. It's one hundred twenty nine point six percent. Okay. So I don't know how they calculate ROI, but well, so it it goes vehicle value, annual loan cost, and then average annual earnings, and then that's how they get the annualized ROI. Okay, so they're not accounting for some other stuff. Yeah, but that's okay. There's loose, some more wear and tear. Loose, on that. Yeah. What are the top three? I'm curious. So they they threw this into buckets, uh, like upscale. So this is fifty to seventy five k in vehicle value. So the second is the Porsche seven eighteen Boxster. Oh wow, yeah, seven eighteen Boxster. Let's settle down here. Um, <laughs> and then third spot is the Lincoln Navigator L. Actually, that's interesting. That makes sense. If you are traveling, yeah, I want comfy and comfy luggage, family. That makes a lot of sense. So the Boxster is interesting because that's an experience car, sort of like what we're talking about with the C8. Yeah. So people buy a Boxster like because it's convertible and it's sporty and it's the cheapest. Like the Spider would be the high end. The GT4 would be the high end. But if you want a Porsche and the Porsche experience and you want the convertible with the summer and the sporty feel, the Boxster's the thing. The Boxster's the thing. It's an experience car, right? Especially if you're in a good climate. By the way, we're in Canada, but like I would always go for the convertible. Yeah. Every time I go down south to California or something, I'm looking for a convertible. Oh, he's got got more. What else you got? So again, now we'll move over to the mid-range. So that's the 30K to 50K range. Um, We have the Audi S5 Cabby, the Cabriolet. Um, 
S5 Cabriolet. Yeah, Convertible with, again. Yep. Okay, hold on. Are this these, is all of Turo. It's not Canada. People yeah, love okay, okay. So this all includes the yeah. U.S. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. See, people love convertibles. Yeah. If you um, have a Mazda Miata, your time is now. This one's really random, though. The next one is the Alfa Romeo Stelvio. So, like, for our listeners, it's kind of just an odd-looking Italian SUV. I, isn't it? A, but it's a curiosity car. Uh, curiosity. It could be. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really know why that one would Look at up. all of these cars. What do they all have in common? They're all some sort of experience. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's like anything, though. You know what I mean? Like, why why do you go to, let's say, I'm just, I'm just thinking, why do you go to a fancy restaurant for the experience? Half the times, let's be honest, you leave there hungry. You leave there hungry. Unless it's like, you know, like I'm talking really fancy. Guys, I'm getting hungry. Yeah, yeah I'm getting no. hungry now. And I, I have news to break, too. What? I didn't place the food order yet because oh, the restaurant gosh. was closed. So, oh, okay. anyway, we'll, we'll do that. that out. That's a later issue. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, continue. So the next right after that, we won't dive into too much. Cadillac CT5. Mm. Uh, interesting. So then we'll go to the last uh, bucket here, which is the economy section. It's going to be my last. Like, no, no, hold on. <laughs> Take a guess. On. It's going to either be uh, like a maybe this is a me thing, like a Mini Cooper S. You know or, what? Gets or a good like, guess. Uh, what's that? Like the Abarth, like the Abarth five hundred. Yeah, like something like the something strange and different. What's the dollar value before I want to take a guess? Uh, so it's the ten to thirty k range. Ten to thirty k range. Yeah. My guess, like a Fiat, no Fiat or an, uh, or a Mini Cooper S. I would think. An Audi A four. No, you're getting carried away. Audi A4 doesn't you even fall on that, that price. Yeah, it does. Base? No. Base? At the very bottom, you can't? Maybe A4. an A3. A3? A3, maybe. But let's... I think you're getting a little carried away. So what is it? All right. Uh, Mike's actually right. It's the Fiat 500. No, you guessed that. It's like... It's like, uh, like you nostal- saw that. No, it's like... I think a, you may have saw it. No, yeah. it's like a nostalgia car. Like, people like that are from Europe think of Fiat's from when they were younger. So it's like you want to try this new thing. Uh, wow. I, I can say without... Any doubt in my mind? Uh, I've driven a Fiat, and uh, B used to have one. They're just weird, and it's so tiny. And like you put your you put your well, foot you're down. Well, you're a big guy. No, no, no. But you put your <laughs> six foot, down. foot three in a Fiat. Yeah, no, that's not, why okay, he has I, a problem with six Fiat. foot three. I wish. Um, but it was just like it, I, astronomically slow too. Granted, it's like this is a baseball and stuff. Abarth would be cool because those things like actually move, so and they're so tiny. Justin's going to trade it for an Abarth. I definitely won't. But um, so then second, I actually don't even know. I think I think I, I might know what it, the Chrysler Voyager. What is that car? Oh, it's the sedan, isn't it? No, is it? the Voyager is the van. This is the Peter the Kong of no, the world. No, it's not. The oh Voyager is a van. Wow. Okay. And which then, would make sense. Yeah. And then right after that, the Kia Rio, which I could see. It's just, you oh guess, it, it gets yeah, the it's job just, done. It's, it's, it's the space family traveling. It makes yeah. sense. That's and crazy. Yeah. Wow. So uh, there's another list here. It drops more so into just like buckets as well. But on this one, it's, you know, I think anywhere you look, you're going to see different ratings and criteria. This one has like Ford Mustang, Jeep Wrangler, Toyota Prius, Mercedes, 3 Series, Corvette, Tesla. All right. So, well, yeah, you're getting you're getting the gist of it. It's interesting to see. Uh, obviously, anyone who's listening can look and see. But at the end of the day, really cool concept. 
you know, kudos goes out to whoever came up with the Turo. I'm going to take a wild guess and say it was someone who's probably either a car enthusiast or really fed up with Enterprise rent a car. Probably that second. Yeah. Probably, yeah. 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 The frustration they, would cause people to start a new got, business and break the industry. Oh, yeah. They got like, they got the uh, the short end of the stick on like a accident with their rental car or something. And they're like, ah, I'm making Turo. Um, but we'll start to kind of tie this down here. Yeah. Um, and where can people find out more about Turo? Like where, when you were looking into it, where were you doing your little sniffing around and you figured, oh, I'm going to go give this a and, try. And did you do a review on this? Because that might be a good spot. I did. I did do a review. I actually have a video on my channel. Um, so we'll, we'll make sure we'll a link, link to that. Yeah, we'll link. Uh, but quite honestly, I just went on to the Turo site and I heard about Turo. I knew about Turo mm-hmm. uh, for a while and I seen a lot of reviews online a lot of people talk about Turo on the forums, uh, in the forums that I was visiting, um, Lexus forums, Audi forums, people brought it up. And quite honestly, I wanted to give it a shot because I heard a lot of things. I actually heard a lot of great things. I heard some mixed things. So I wanted to give it my own shot. And really, I think truly at the end of the day, if you're looking to create a passive income and you have an asset, they're just sitting. Yeah. This is an opportunity for you to create passive income. Yeah. It takes and a little bit of elbow grease. Takes you know? a little bit of elbow grease. But not all passive income is truly 100% passive. There's always some initial investment. There's always some maintenance investment that you have to do. Some sort of time. But this is a great investment opportunity for lots of people that have a car. Lots of people have a car. And if it's just sitting there, here's another potential revenue stream for you. And that could be very material for a lot of different people out there. And, And I think now more than ever with COVID changing the way we work, Right. With so many roles being work from home, we'll say, if not fully remote, 80% of the time, right? You're maybe going to the office once or twice per week. Some roles, but enough people that there's going to be cars yeah, sitting around. Exactly. In the modern workplace. I think that's where the opportunity really opens. And if you do have, you know, a more of an upscale car that's sitting there just depreciating, this could be that, you know, that piece that helps you justify it a little more, right? Because you could be sitting there. You're, you go look in your garage to throw out something in the recycling. You're like, oh, this darn car is depreciating here. And you're like, that's how you justify it. Yeah. And by the way, you can set schedules, all of this. That's what I mean. You could just block it off on you weekends. You just block off weekends. You can do whatever you want to make it accommodate your schedule. And yeah. it's all automated, which I love. So you, that's the great thing about this. It sounds like a opportunity that may require a lot more hands-on investment and time to actually continue to operate. Yeah. But quite honestly... I was surprised with how much I was able to automate in the process. I didn't even have to deal with these people in person. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's the that's the real strong value. And the one piece I will say, like obviously you you went and detailed it. I think inherently you have a, a meticulous nature to how you expect a car to look, right? Yes. For someone who may have the, you know, the Honda Civic that they are strictly they got that thing on Turo to make money, right? Quick, quick they, vacuum. Yeah, quick vacuum, quick vacuum, a little bit of those, you know, one of those uh, speed wipes by Armor All, yep. boom, 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 and done, right? You probably put a little more effort than that. So I think it's you can be as hands-on or hands-off as you want. Understand that may affect your host rating in a sense, but you know what I mean? Take it with a grain of salt. It's much like an Airbnb. Like uh, you'll go to some Airbnbs and it's like I could eat sushi off the floor. 
right? Because it's so clean. It smells fresh. No, no, no. I'm not saying everyone, right? But then you go to some where it's like, okay, it's it's been cleaned, but it's not like blowing my mind or even just the whole organization of the place. But that's where all in all, I think it's a lot like Airbnb. It's just Airbnb for your car and in, in, yeah, in layman basically. terms. Like, let's be honest here. It's exactly. That's it. what I've... I liked it. Yeah. Well, Sandrin, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, today was like lively. I had a lot of fun doing yeah. this real yeah, time. This was really good. Do, doing, doing I mean, cars, cars are something yeah, like, you know, it's like, true. We'll Love the studio, by the way. We may have gone on a bit thank of a you. tangent there where like some of our listeners like, hey guys, like we're not all into cars like you. Like, But you know what? Hear us out. Maybe this will inspire your passion. You try a car on Turo and you're like, I really like Corvette C8. I'm going to get into cars. Yeah. If you're looking for a Corvette C8, we'll post one. We'll let you know where it is eventually. Yeah. We'll let you know about that soon. Hey, maybe uh, some content on you know Instagram, TikTok, wherever it may be, is where you actually give Turo a, a whirl and get it. That'd be fun. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Be we down. can try it for a day. Yeah, yeah. You can I literally mean, try I'm going to be day. honest with you guys. I'm probably going to look and find an, a car that I've wanted to try. I might, you know, a little birthday present to myself. Which in, one? In a month. Pick. I honestly think I uh, that he's ar- seeding that he wants me to get him a birthday present. <laughs> no, 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 no. no to, to be honest with you, even seeing the cost of uh, not a C8 but like a C7, that's pretty cool. I've never driven an American muscle car. It's time. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Like that's that's what it is. Like I've been, you know, I've been in some nice cars. I actually haven't been in as many cars as I would like uh, that are like upper echelon. So maybe this is an opportunity, like. Once a year, I treat myself to one or something like that. Obviously, hey, there's a guy with a GT4 right here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, Passenger seat only. Uh, yeah, <laughs> well, I'm not driving that thing. I don't want to drive that thing. That's an expensive mistake waiting to happen. <laughs> but um, one thing I will say is, uh, and you know, if he, he hears this, I, I almost worry in a sense for the, the, old, the exotic experience, like tour industry because of Turo. You, oh, you think you, they can you cannibalize think, that market? Do you think uh, it could eat into no, it? Because, because they're not really they're focused on the rental of the car. They're focused on the experience. The experience. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe they're, I jumped a, the gun on the that. track, whatever. Yeah. No, I, they definitely still have like their value prop yeah. within their business. But I'm just right. saying, like you, you, someone who maybe... I don't think they just generally rent for a day often. That's not no. like a thing. No, that's no, not a thing. No, 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 no. But that's what I mean, where it's like you get a few hours. But most oh. people don't Turo for a day either. That's true. But I, I, I think like things like Ultimate Exotic, which maybe we actually bring them on the show at some point. Yeah. Um, their their concept there is you go, it's you have experience. a full day experience with someone else that you know, and yeah. you try like eight or 10 cars that, yeah. you're ne- like, that you'll never, never be able to get. Touch. No, yeah. no. And it would be And to go do that on Turo. It's expensive. It's actually yes. way more expensive yeah. than that. I guess it's more so just like if you want to like that full day of intimacy with the car and you're yes you know kind of like how you are with your lexus yes you want that with a different car but anyways uh i really enjoy learning about this yeah, man. clearly i have you know like i'm gonna be looking at it myself really appreciate you breaking down the ins and outs of it telling us from your perspective and your experience you know how it went would you do it do you recommend it to anyone uh michael I'll pass it over to you yeah, I don't have much more to add other than thank you, Sondrin. Thanks uh, for again, having me. The point of the show, learn about cool things that we're interested in. Some of it's about active and passive income. Some of it's about things that we just uh, just want to learn, just want to figure yeah. out to help move the needle in life. And I think we figure out some of that today. I think generally we should probably answer the question, can you make money with Turo? The yes. answer is yes. 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 Yeah. Big resounding yes. Yeah. Yes. Be smart about it. Figure out what you want to do. But thanks again, Sondrin. And now we're going to go buy a C8. Yeah. Thank you so much. 
You've been listening to the Flywheel Podcast. To the Flywheel Podcast. Hosted by Mike and Justin. Tune in for regular episodes and show notes at theflywheel.ca. 